Welcome to another episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast, where we chronicle the baseball trip of a lifetime while raising awareness of the needs of children in the foster system through our partnership with Children's Hope Alliance. This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello there. And Patty, we got some catching up to do here on the Home Run on Wheels podcast because Wednesday night, we were at Dodgers Stadium, saw the Brewers play the Dodgers. We'll talk about that in a little bit because that was a heck of a game. But Monday, we saw the Oakland A's beat up on the Toronto Blue Jays. We did, and that was a very interesting stadium. And one of my first... Not aesthetically pleasing. No, and one of my first thoughts, um, which definitely has some basis behind it, but was that it feels like a football stadium. And I said, that's because it is. Right. <laughs> and I don't know, it, it kind of had a charm to it because of that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the other thing I thought that made it feel like a football stadium was those fans in right field who were like playing on the drum and wearing waving their flags and things like that. They were really into the game, and that was kind of fun. I think the A's are actually going to have that whole area to themselves here in a couple of years because the Golden State Warriors, who currently play right next door at Oracle Arena, are getting a brand new arena in San Francisco. And then the Raiders, who share the Oakland Coliseum with the A's, are heading to Las Vegas. So the A's are going to have that area. And the A's are talking about getting a new stadium. They're trying to figure out where to put it. And I'm just like, Oracle Arena is going to be empty. The Raiders are gone. There's a lot of area around that stadium where it is currently. So For just, sure. So just put the new stadium out there. I mean, geez, you're all, it's already your area. And you're going to have that area all to yourself here in a couple of years. Well, there is tailgating that goes on there, so it's nice to have that space. So it's definitely out there by itself, but there is a good space for tailgating. There was tailgating going on when we approached. And even some beanbag toss. And I, I, I just picked up one trying to like play around. And, cause this right, kid, you got sucked in. Yeah, this kid was just tossing them all by himself, all by himself. So I just picked one up and tossed it. And then the kid's dad is like, because I didn't make it. I didn't even hit the board. And the kid's dad is like, try it again. <laughs> right. And I don't think any of them actually hit the board. I'm outing yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, no, they did not. I, I threw three. And, and yeah, strike three and you're out. Well, that happens. But yep. anywho, there's the BART that goes right there, which is and nice. Getting to that right? stadium is actually pretty easy. Yeah. Getting around San Francisco, however, is not. And uh, although we did learn a lesson when we went back to San Francisco... Uh, Monday, before going to Oakland Coliseum, uh, we did the little cruise around San Francisco Bay. And life hack here, travel hack, guys, if you're going to San Francisco and you want to go down to, to the wharf area, to the pier area, pay for parking in advance online. It'll definitely save you some money. Yeah, we paid $10 instead of like 30, 30. And uh, that, that cruise around the bay is uh, pretty cool in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, it's chilly. Bring a jacket and if you forget a jacket just buy a fleece for 13 dollars down there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like they have them did. at all the little stores but you can also stand inside if you really wanted to and then yeah. just step out but it, it's a which is it what is, i did because i forgot my jacket too right it is a really cool adventure around the bay you get to see the golden gate bridge up close 
um, which you can barely see that day <laughs> from very, distance very for foggy. sure. Carl was definitely looming. Yes. Carl was making if his If you missed the known. previous episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast or you're not familiar with the San Francisco fog, the local residents about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago, somewhere around in there, named the fog Carl, the ever-present fog in San Francisco. Right. There was a guy who started an account, or uh, presuming it's a guy, it could be a girl, who knows, but started an account uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter, which is pretty funny. Carl with a K. Yeah, so if you're ever looking for some entertainment, uh, go look for Carl the yeah, Fog. Carl, yeah, Carl the Fog gives weather reports on, on social media. Right. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But anywho, we moved on from there. We did and drove the it's a long drive from the Bay Area down to the Los Angeles area. It is. I'm still tired. I haven't recovered yet oh from our little episode. So back during spring training... The Lacrosse Tribune in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, did something on us, which was kind of cool. That's my, that's my hometown paper. Well, they knew we were going to be out here in California, and there's a kid, 22 year old kid named Jaron Kendall, who was from Holman, Wisconsin, which is right by the Lacrosse area. Jaron was a first round draft pick of the Los Angeles Dodgers last year, and he's playing high A ball with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. So, I wrote something on Jaron Kendall for the Lacrosse Tribune and I also interviewed him for the Home Run on Wheels podcast and you can hear that interview next. The interview took place on Tuesday after I saw basically a football game at a baseball stadium. The final score was 19 to 6. Wow. The Rancho Cucamonga Quakes beat the Lake Elsinore Storm. The Storm are the Padres affiliate and uh, yeah, a lot of four Four or five home runs in that game. Kendall had two hits. And he also got caught in a pickle between first and second base. But he made it to second base. He avoided the tag by doing by showing a little nifty footwork. He showed the elusiveness of a running back in the backfield. It was kind of neat. I always love to see a pickle. I think it's fun to it, see him chase around and is. try to get the guy. The, set, the, the outfielders come in. Like in this case, the center fielder ran in and... And yeah, but and usually it doesn't work out very well for the base runner. Right. But Kendall avoided the tag and he reached second base. And uh, he actually talks about that a little bit during the interview for the Home Run on Wheels podcast. And like I said, you can hear that next, right after this word from Children's Hope Alliance. I didn't give birth to these kids, but they're here and they're our family and they're our kids. Carrie and her husband couldn't have a baby on their own, but they wanted to raise a family. So they reached out to Children's Hope Alliance to learn about becoming foster parents. Children's Hope Alliance helped place a little boy named Riley in their home. The couple adopted Riley about a year later, then adopted his older brother too. Now their house and their hearts are full of family. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate. Any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family. After a traumatic past, Briar was fostered and adopted through Children's Hope Alliance. I felt like God chose this place, and I feel like when He opened the door for them being my foster parents, He also opened the door for them being my mom and dad. There are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate. Welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. You're here with Dodgers prospect Jaron Kendall. And Jaron, you and I are from the same area in Wisconsin, the uh, 
San Gabriel Mountains, a little bit of a different look than the Mississippi River Bluffs. Yes, a little bit, a little bit, a lot flatter. <laughs> no, it's a good time out here, though. It's nice and warm, I mean, year-round, so I'm um, getting used to it. I want to ask you about the uh, little pickle you got into uh, tonight. What did you do to not get tagged there? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I was I was going for two right away. So when he cut it off, I was a little bit surprised. But the score kind of dictated what he probably did. But um, I don't know. I just kind of stepped backwards. I told the I told the outfielder that ran in from the pick. I told him I should have played football instead. But um, no, it was a it was a good little good little move and got around it. And it was nice that the umpire saw it as it is and called me safe. So it was nice. Yeah. Elusive footwork like a running back, oh, I right? I know, that's what I'm saying. I know, I needed to uh, maybe take football a little bit more seriously. Did you realize that the storm brought in a relief pitcher from Wisconsin? Yeah, he went to uh, Whitewater, am I correct? Yeah. I'm not sure. I know he's from Marshfield. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we played another guy from uh, Marshfield, too, at um, Dalton Varshow with the with Visalia, with the uh, Diamondbacks, too. He's a catcher. Badgers might not have a baseball program anymore, but there's still some pretty good baseball talent coming out of Wisconsin. Absolutely. Every year, I think we just had a fourth overall or fifth overall from Wisconsin this year, so Gavin knows him really well. Last year, um, after you got drafted, had an amazing season in uh, rookie ball. How did you get in, into a groove so early there, and how do you get back to finding that groove again? Yeah, you know, I think... I mean, I've been out here for a full year. You know, I'm starting to get used to, you know, the, the playing style here. And I'm not, I'm not saying playing style on the field is just coming here every day at the same time, doing the same thing. So, you know, I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody's gone through it. Once you start getting into a little bit of a, a slump, you know, the days kind of catch up on you because you, you don't have any time to relax and regain your focus like you do at school when you're playing, you know, three games on the weekend. You got a couple of days off and you get able to reboot. Um, but no, you know, last year I just kind of, I just jumped right into it, didn't really think much of it. And then um, coming out here, obviously from spring training, feeling really good. And, you know, the, like I said, the days kind of catch up on you, but uh, things are trying to go a little bit better. You said last year in rookie ball, you didn't think about it. Are you thinking about it too much now? Um, I don't know. I think, I think you know, as, as a good baseball player, you're always trying to make adjustments. And, you know, I'm just trying to find that right adjustment. How fun is, well, one, a 19 to 6 win but also just the team this year I mean you, you guys are crushing it yeah no we're having a lot of fun we're having a lot of fun out here obviously winning games the the first half was a little bit different uh, we we're kind of struggling we had we had to win our way to you know secure a playoff spot and then the second half we've just been taking off so it feels pretty good and you know one of our guys Gavin Lux he's also from Wisconsin right. if you didn't know that um, he's going up to double A so you know good for him wait a minute like he just got promoted to double A today tonight yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So he's going to double. He's getting out of here. He's getting. He's getting away from all the fun. But no, that's fine. It's, I'm. I'm so happy for him. He's doing really well this year. You don't see too many guys get a stand-up triple like he had earlier. I know. I know. He's. He's. A, he's a good player. He's showing what he can do this year. That's for sure. Uh, who did you look up to when you were a kid? For me, I. I was actually a really big Matt Kemp fan. So it's actually nice to see him back in a Dodger uniform. Um, but you know, for me, it wasn't so much. Um, you know, swing styles and play for me when I was super young, just because I had my dad who played in Double A, and um, you know, he kind of he taught me everything I know about baseball. So it was kind of just me and him doing different things that he learned throughout his career and the philosophy that he came up with over the over the years of playing pro ball. So for me, it was just kind of me and my dad just attacking you know this baseball thing. Now, did you grow up as a Brewers fan? I, I I read you were an A's fan as a kid. No, that I, I just put that in the I think. That, that was on your Vanderbilt bio. I, I think I put it 
in when I when we went to the College World Series freshman year. I put it in there because I think my MLB the Show guy was with the A's and he was doing pretty well. No, I, I don't really have a I never really had a favorite team at all. So okay yeah oh, you mentioned your dad I wanted to ask you about him baseball is a game of failure you know if, if, if you fail seven out of ten times it's still pretty good right because you're hitting 300 what did you learn from your dad as far as like the uh, life lessons that, that that he took from baseball and passed on to you you know he's always told me just to go out and have fun because at the end of the day whether you're, you're not playing well or not when this stuff is over you're gonna miss it and you don't want to look back on this experience and and miss what it really is you know as a game now, you said you looked up to Matt Kemp, although you didn't really have a favorite team. Um, I know, and, and with your dad, you probably, when you were little, you probably got an opportunity to meet some some, some big league players or, or, or just some professional baseball players. And I would imagine you looked up to, to those guys as a kid. Now, I mean, you're only 22, but now the script has kind of flipped. Yeah. Is it kind of weird to you that, that you've got kids asking you now for autographs? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird because, you know, I was there. I was going to, you know, the Brewers games and everything. You know, I was sitting in the outfield asking the guy a thousand times for a baseball. You know, it, it's kind of weird how, how that works. But, no, I'm excited to be at this part of my life, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Do they send you guys out to the community much to do? Uh, yeah, yeah we, we've gone to the Loma Linda Hospital a couple of times, and uh, we've had, we have kids. We used to have kids' days here like every Sunday or something. So, yeah, we get out around here. But what kind of message do you tr try to pass on to kids if, if, if they ask you how they can do what you're doing? I mean, like I said, like my dad told me, just have fun with it. You gotta be, you gotta be really patient with this game because, you know, like I said before, finding that right adjustment, the the results aren't gonna be, you know, immediate. They're not gonna be right away. So, for me, it's just enjoy the time you have out here because, you know, for me, I have a lot of friends who are just like working right now, you know, and as much as coming out here and going over four and over five. I think it's a lot better than maybe, you know, working behind a desk. So, you know, I I, I don't take anything for granted. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's just enjoying every day and just trying to, you know, be patient with it and, you know, be patient with the process. What was that like when you were – did you graduate high school at 17 or 18? 18. Okay, so you're an 18-year-old kid. The Boston Red Sox tell you in the 30th round of the draft – Hey, we drafted you. What what was that? I, I know you ended up going to Vanderbilt, but but what was that, that that like just to get that call? It was nice, and I and I really knew the guy because he was a local guy um, that ran around and kind of saw all the you know the baseball players in our area. So no, it was exciting. I mean, just being a part of that process at such a young age, seeing my name up on the board, like there's these prospects left, and it's like Jaron Kendall from Holland, Wisconsin. I thought that was a pretty crazy experience, but no, it was it was awesome to get that call. It was. I mean, because you never expect it, you know, it's like you're just kind of sitting there and it's like, oh, here comes McCall, who is it, blah, 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 it's Boston Red Sox, it's like, oh, wow, okay, this is pretty cool, you know, I just told him, you know, thanks for everything and, you know, hopefully to see you in three years. I think it worked out because you played in a College World Series and then you were a first-round draft pick three years later, so I think everything worked out for you. No, it worked out perfectly, I love it. Speaking of high school, I, I asked you before we uh, turned this thing on if you ever played Aquinas High School in lacrosse, and you have a and you said you had. Mm -hmm. You got a good uh, uh, memory against Aquinas. How did you do? Oh man, high school. I, to be honest, I don't really remember much from high school. Well, as an Aquinas grad, I'm I, I'm glad that nothing sticks out against Aquinas. No, I mean we. I mean I'll be honest. It's you know Homewood was always always a better team, but I'm just no, it was it was a fun little rivalry there. I mean I played 
Well, it's funny because I played against them, even though a lot of the guys didn't play hockey, but I played hockey with the Aquinas people because we had like three or four schools in our in our high school team. So I played against some of the kids from Aquinas. Yeah, I know. Uh, when I was in high school, the like Central Logan and Aquinas combined to have the Flames, and I think that's, that's probably the team you played for? No, the the Avalanche. Oh. Well, it might have been, what, Flames was, who were the Flames? They were, that's a good question. I'm not sure, because I played with Aquinas people and, like, Cochran Fountain City people, and then Onalaska had their own team. So it's pretty much made up of Holman and Aquinas people, but other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the, the Flames at all. Were you any good at hockey? I was all right at hockey. I was all right at hockey. I, I gave it some time. I was just something for me to just to get away from baseball for a little bit. My brother's a lot better. He's at Niagara uh, University for his second year, so he was a lot better than I was. I have a lot of respect for hockey players only because I cannot skate at all. Really? I will. I, I fall down. Wow. <laughs> See, the only scary part is stopping. I think, every, I think everybody can skate. They just can't stop. I can never get the rhythm of the two-leg push. I'm, I'm like a hold one leg stiff and, and push right. with the other one. Um, do people understand how hard it is to reach the uh, major league level because of how many levels of minor league baseball there are? Plus, you've got the independent leagues out there. Mm-hmm. No, it, it is a hard process. And like I said before, you just got to be patient with it because not only do you have to go through each level, there's guys in front of you that have put in or have been around longer and have put in more time than you in the organization. Like for me, this is my first full season. And, you know, obviously I'm stacked up against other outfielders who have been in this organization for two or three years, you know. So it's kind of like you can say kind of seniority. You know, if everybody's playing the best they can and they're putting up the numbers, it's like, you know, this guy's kind of been around for a while. We know him a little bit a little bit better than I know him. And, you know, it's kind of like he's the next guy. So, you know, you got to go through all the levels and you got to – you got to play better than the other, you know, guys that are above you. I've long told people that, I th- and I think it's probably a pretty wide belief that reaching Major League Baseball, that level is probably more difficult than any other league. I think so. I mean, you see a lot of sports. I mean, basketball, you go straight to the league. Football, same thing. Uh, obviously, basketball has a little bit more, uh, you know, of the, the, the um, was that, Gatorade League or whatever yeah. that they can go to, and then they can go you know, overseas or whatever, and hockey has a little bit of a minor league system, but no, I mean, as as far as a an all-in-one sort of thing, it's, you know, baseball's kind of, yeah, it's not easy. So realistically, how far away do you think you are from uh, putting on the blue about 40 miles to the west there at Chavez Ravine? As, you know, being a high school kid, I think if I would have gone out of high school, I would have felt a lot farther just because of the lack of experience being from Wisconsin. You know, you don't see the most elite guys, you know, from Florida and from Texas and California, you know, and Georgia. So for me, I think if I went out of high school, I'd been a lot further. But um, right now, I, you know, anything can happen, you know. So I'm just, I'm just in that learning process. And, you know, once one thing clicks, you know, there's, there's no stopping. Jaron Kendall, thank you so much for coming on the Home Runner Wheels podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Always good to talk to a fellow cheesehead. Yes, sir. You see everybody else have a family. I remember just like, you know, like saying, what's wrong with me, you know? Josh spent 16 years in DSS custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? 
We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. In 2014, there were 702,000 cases of reported child maltreatment in the U.S. That's enough to pack Wrigley Field 17 times. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn how to give hope to a child. Welcome back to the Home Runner Wheels podcast. And Patty, Jaron, I really enjoyed speaking with him. He talked about that pickle that, that was funny. Uh, what I, you know, So he, when he was in rookie ball after he got drafted, out of Vanderbilt, first round, 17th overall pick. Uh, he They sent him to rookie ball. He hit 455 in rookie ball. Just wow. killed it. So they promote him to the low A short season, and he only hit 221, and he's hovering right around 230 so far this year. But like I said before, he did have a couple of hits in Tuesday's game when I interviewed him. And kind of just having fun and being patient, I thought that was uh, he's, he's got a very good mindset when it, when it comes to that. Yeah, that's a really good message. Patience is something that I picked out of that as well. It's interesting, the experience with his father and being able to learn baseball from him. Yeah, his dad, Jeremy Kendall, got to double-A ball with the Phillies organization. So Jaron was actually born in Clearwater, Florida, where he was. that's where he was born. Hey, we've been there. I know, right? Because <laughs> that's where the Phillies uh, have spring training and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with him, and, and sorry if it got a little too lacrosse-centric there when we were talking about the high schools and hockey and whatever. So. Yeah, talking about your blue golds. Yeah, blue golds. The worst mascot ever, Aquinas blue golds. Also, UW-Eau Claire, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire blue golds. But one thing I also took away from that was how he uh, said a lot of his friends he knows, like guys he went to high school with, are working. They're behind a desk or, or whatever. He gets to play baseball. We have heard the same thing about our trip, traveling around the country in an RV. You're able to work remotely. I'm you know, running the website and stuff, which we still have a lot of work to do on that. But not one person has been like, oh, man, you're, you guys are dumb. What are you doing? This is stupid. Are you out of your mind? Every single person has been like, Oh, man, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. Yes, and most of the time I would agree with that. And honestly, the ups and downs we've had, the downs haven't been much. But right now, I'm kind of exhausted because of our most recent mishap. So I really do hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jaron Kendall because it was kind of costly. Um, uh, So we had to take a detour to Rancho Cucamonga because of the LA traffic, we were not going to get to the RV park in Orange, California in time to then get the car off and go over to Rancho Cucamonga. So I called them and made sure they had enough parking room for the RV and that was fine. But then somewhere between Rancho Cucamonga and Orange after the game, again, the Quakes won 19-6, but after the game, we are driving, and we're on Highway 57. We are only we're 9.9 miles away from our destination. I remember because I looked at the GPS, <laughs> and right before right before that though, we heard or we smelled something burning. Yeah, we smelled something, and I was like, I think that smells like rubber. And rubber, yeah. Made and then, me think that it and might then we be. We heard something pop. Yep. And then we heard the noise of a flat tire, and that is like the worst noise you can have in an RV because you don't have a spare. They're huge tires. There's dualies in the back, 
and it was one of the rear tires. What happened was the inside tire had picked up a nail, and then that caused the outside tire to take to absorb all that weight, and eventually it just gave out and popped. And uh, so then, what, three hours on the side of the road waiting for somebody to come out, and then the time it took to fix it, but yeah. three hours on the side of the road, less than 10 miles from our destination. I will say I am thankful that we had the Tyron bands because... It could have gone badly. It could have gone badly. I have seen the videos when we were looking at buying those Tyron bands. It's, and what that is, it's basically a, I don't know if it's steel or whatever yeah, it is, a steel band that if the tire blows, you still have something you're riding on, basically, other than just the wheel. Um, and so you don't end up veering and, you know, running into a ditch or worse, Although I really don't over. understand what is wrong with people in California because I put the signal on as soon as we heard the noise, as soon as we realized the tire was flat. It was in the second from right lane on a five-lane highway. And I put the signal on. I'm getting over. We have a flat tire. I'm getting over. Some joker tries to pass on the right. I'm like, what is wrong with you? First of all, it's like 1130 at night. Maybe that's the problem. Like Maybe there. they weren't very observant and didn't oh, realize man. what was going on. But anyway, we made it safely. We did. Luckily. Um, Checked and- into the RV park a little after three, and then we had to get up. They put us in, in the the only spot available at the time because the spot we were supposed to be in, there were two pickups that were blocking our spot. They should not have been parked there. But the guy, Felix, the security guy at night, put us yeah. in a uh, pull-through lot just for the night. So then we had to go move it in the morning. So we did have to. I I had to. We both had to wake up early the next morning, and yeah. Yeah, I I had to work, and you had to get up and move the RV, move the RV, and, and then do some work yourself. So, yep. yeah, we're a little tired, but life's all about the stories. So yeah. chalk another one up. <laughs> right, and we'll get more stories uh, here in the Los Angeles area. Uh, one story with Wednesday night's game, we saw a walk off, second walk off of the season for us in 27 games in 23 stadiums. But both walk-offs have involved the Dodgers, which is kind of funny because we saw the Cubs get a walk-off win against the Dodgers at Wrigley Field on June 19th. Albert Almora with a RBI single in the bottom of the ninth. But Wednesday's game went to extra innings. I was th- I, Man, I was hoping Lorenzo Cain was going to hit for the cycle. He came up in the ninth inning. Yeah, I know you were giving me a hard Only time. Only needing a home run to hit for the cycle, and he launched one to the warning track, and I was like, ah. Yeah, and and, then, and you were like, oh, everybody should want to see him hit the cycle. And I got to tell you, if you were playing the Cardinals and the Brewers player was going to hit for the cycle, yeah, it would be kind of interesting, but I'm not going to root for it. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, one guy, even one Dodgers fan, even in front of us said, I don't give a... Right, but then the tenth inning happened, and the Brewers did not score in the top of the tenth. And in the bottom of the tenth, Yasmani Grandal with the second home run of the game to the same spot too, right into the Brewers bullpen and walk off win. Yeah, it was really fun because I mean the crowd was already into it, but when Dodgers fans are great. Yeah, when he hit the first home run, they were like woohoo, excited of course, and then. Right back to back home runs. Yeah, Brian Dozier hit one right there. The new 
new Dodgers player. They got him from the Twins, and we actually saw Dozier play a couple times this year with the Twins, but now we can see him in a Dodger uniform, and yeah, he had a home run too. Wednesday yeah, night. and the crowd just went crazy, and then it, they were really I into it after that. I think that was his that. first home run as a Dodger, so. That's cool. Yep. But hopefully more stories. Monday night, we uh, will see the Angels play at Angel Stadium. I was at Angel Stadium in 1993. It's changed a lot since then. You've never been there, so looking forward to that. And we'll be able to walk there. Yeah, we will. The Orangeland RV Park is, I mean, right down the street from it. It's very, very close, which is great for us. Yeah, no risk of a flat tire there. Yeah, no, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have some things planned in the LA area. We're going to see a couple of movie premieres, two movies we've never heard of, but two movie premieres, including one tonight. Uh, So we'll we'll give our, our movie reviews, too. Hopefully we like them. We'll find out. We will. And, uh, but have a great weekend, guys. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Thank you. Along the way